In the early morning hours of September 2nd, 2002, the police received a 911 call from an affluent North Hollywood neighborhood. There was a Mercedes SUV on fire. When the fire was put out, the police made a gruesome discovery. Two bodies in the passenger seat of the burned out SUV shot to death. Hello, and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. I am your hostess, Stephanie, here today with... Mom! Mom's here. So sorry, everybody, for the long delay, but I've been sick for, what, a month now? Yeah, between everybody's colds and I I don't know, just... How long did I not have a voice? I mean, you could probably tell it's still a little off, (laughs) (laughs) but there was a period of a couple weeks where I couldn't even talk. Nope. It's like, who are you? What? Who's yeah. this? If I talk for too long, it would go okay, away. It would be a voice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, sorry, everybody. We are back, and sorry for the cracking. Sound like a teenage boy going through puberty. <laughs> Sound like my son. <laughs> Actually, he talk, I called me up the other day, and I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah, but he's been sick, too. Deep. Well, his voice totally changed. Yeah. It's It's wild. Mm-hmm. It's been changing. You can hear like he'll talk and it'll start cracking. It's funny. It's <laughs> such a difference between like teenage boy going through puberty and a girl. Oh yeah, he's oh, yeah. shooting up. So we're buying, having to buy pants like crazy every because, other month. I'm yeah. sure. Well, I looked at him and he's already way taller than me. And last year he's like, yeah, I'm almost as tall as you. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost as tall his, as you. His biological mom, I think, was tall. I don't know. No matter. She didn't look it. I think Nathan said maybe five eight. Wow, that's five, tall. 5'9". And uh, Nathan's almost six feet. Yeah. So yeah. he'll probably be in between. Yeah. I think the doctor said that he would be 5'10", 5'11". Yep. Um, when I remember when you guys were little. They did the, the they do the thing to tell you how tall you're going to be. Um, that was, you use the mathematical of two-year-old, how tall are they, double their height. Really? Yes. So when... They hit two years old, you double. measure them, double the height, and that's usually around where they're supposed to be. So, I mean, I don't know what they said to you, but I'm short. We're all pretty short. Um, yeah. Like Nikki. Yep. <laughs> I said Hunter's something. The, like- Hunter's the tallest, and she is like a half an inch taller than me. She's not much taller than no, I am. No, we're all, we're all. I am all, I'm taller than all of you, which yep. just shocks the hell out of me. I, well, dad's short. My dad's short. He's five. T- he's five ten. He, no, he he's... was five ten. <laughs> but it's funny to uh, see yeah. him compared to Uncle Donnie at six well, foot three. Well, that's what I mean. And my grandpa, Indiana, right? Grandpa was around the same height. Uncle Skippy was same tall. Thing. Annie Robbins tall. Timmy wasn't so tall. Aunt Uncle Bonnie Rick- was tall. Uncle Ricky, Ricky was not that no. tall. So it's like Nan- Dad took Nana. after Nana. Dad yes. does look look more like Nana than Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and don't forget on Momo's side. They were all over six foot two. Really? Uncle uh, so, Fafa? Yeah. He was over six foot. Well, I don't know. I never knew him out I of know. a wheelchair. <laughs> I know. Uncle Carl, he was over six foot. What did he pass away from? A heart attack. Fafa? Uh, no, Fafa was, he ended up, um, don't forget that he, he fell was, off a roof. He fell off a roof in his 30s, I think in the late 30s. He was paralyzed from the waist down and Jesus. still did contractor work. 
And um, I think he died around 80, when he was 83. He also had, di- he was diabetic. Yeah. You know, I mean, it took a toll on him. Yeah. But to be, you know, 83, that's, that's a good long. It is. Stent. That's what we were talking about. Genetics and on both heart sides attacks. are pretty good. So I'm sitting here smelling toast. <laughs> For toast, I told her she was having a heart attack. <laughs> Tyler so, says I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're heading back to our most popular series. Uh, murders. The Playboy Murders. Yep, the Playboy Murders. And we're on season two. So mm-hmm. if we want the reference, my friends, we're talking about episode, or sorry, season two, episode one. Yes. So check out Playboy Murders. It's on HBO Max, Discovery Plus, whatever. They do a good job at it. Oh, wonderful. There's <clears throat> podcasters that um, will be narrating mm. in it too. Yeah. Oh, yes, I saw. What is it? Moms. Megan. Moms and Murders. Mm-hmm. Something like I, that. I, it, they're so cute. But yeah. Yes. Sandy and Mandy Bentley were born in Joliet, Illinois. Okay. So that was near where I was. They're twins, assuming. Yeah, Sandy and okay. Mandy. You know what's even more fun day, funny? Because what's uh, their parents' name? Oh, I don't know. But Sandy and Wandy. When they went to be girlfriends with Hugh Hefner, the main girlfriend was Brandy. Really? Yes. Huh. Sandy, Mandy, and Brandy. Sandy, Mandy, and Brandy. I mean, obviously, I think there was quite a few, but... Do they have cherries on their head? I mean, come on. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) They had a very strict Catholic upbringing, lived a very sheltered life. They weren't able to date or anything like that when they were kids. There is something to be said for people who raise their children like that, because if they do not show them the outside world... What's going to happen? Um, after high school, Sandy went to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So there you go. Yep. And attended the University of Las Vegas for business. I mean, they were beautiful. Oh, they were beautiful. I didn't... It's like you can't... They were pretty girls. It drives me crazy when they have to bleach their hair, put on all this kind of makeup to make them look, what, more beautiful? They're beautiful yeah. already. They were. I mean, you can't take a picture Stunning. from the 80s. And compare it to beauty standards now, though. No. Because it's it's a bit different. It's, but it, you, you don't have big hair today. No. So while Sandy was in Vegas, her sister Mandy came down for a visit. Yep. Yeah. And they decided they're going to take a road trip to Los Angeles. To be a little naughty? To go to the Garden of Eden Club, which was like a hot spot. Garden of Eden. And that's Eden, God, yeah. Garden of Eden. And they're religious. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I never so, thought of, I didn't put so that together. They're probably thinking, oh, this will be good. It's okay. Well, the, I don't think they're religious. And, like, and she moved to Vegas, so. Well, they go went to the university. Well, one of them does, yeah. But still. I, I mean, mean, still Vegas. Vegas will be Vegas. And it's a four-hour drive. So I'm not taking a road trip for four hours just to go to a club. I don't think so. They probably can't afford a room. Oh, yeah. This was when Sandy and Mandy met Hugh Hefner. Of course. so Because right, right, uh, he would go right. there for his club nights. So they didn't need to come back home. <laughs> no, right. In <clears throat> 1998, Hugh Hefner was separated from his wife, Kimberly, of 10 years. Yep. Not separated for 10 years, but they got separated. Right. He was in his 70s. How old are the girls at this point? They're in college. 21. So 20. 2021. Mm-hmm. And he was ready to get back into dating. Oh he would God. go to the hottest clubs in Hollywood two like to three nights a week. Elephant hanging. That's so gross. Oh, my God. Right? Yes. Go ahead. So, no, yep. we're going to pause for a second. Okay. Um, Mikhail was telling me, some kid, did I tell you this? No. Some kid in 
his science, not in a, his science class, but in a science class, asked the teacher for help. The teacher came over to help him. The kid just pulled down his pants sitting okay. there and whipped out his dick. Why? No reason. Something's wrong with that child. He does it every year. Is, as a joke? I guess. Some people got pictures of it. Mikhail's like, oh, I saw a picture. I'm like. That's so disgusting. That's what I said. I, I, I called said, the school. Well, the school knows. The kid got in trouble. But like, I go to Mikhail, I go, why does anybody care to look at the sad elephant trunk? <laughs> and he just started dying. He goes, I promise you, nobody wanted to see it. <laughs> I said, why? Kids taking pictures of it. He said, that better not be on your phone. No. I go, that's oh, child sex material and you could get in trouble. A, yes, it's just as bad as Hazel hand, handing me some Play-Doh yesterday. But I told Kirsten goes, I just said, Kirsten, look. And she goes, Ma, you're disgusting. I go, I didn't do anything. I'm just standing there holding the thing of Play-Doh. I will not tell you the shape it was in. But. Oh, that was when it's supposed to be a dolphin? It was, well, it started out as a piece of clay that she <laughs> handed me that I shaped into a dolphin because that's the shape it came. Yeah. But no, I just, I couldn't believe, I couldn't imagine being a freshman in high school and somebody whipping out their dick in that's the middle so of class. That's ridiculous. I would have been horrified. It's, yes. I mean. As a teacher right. too. And I, I think, I think as it was. a freshman a, though, I'd be laughing like hell. A guy teacher. But still, I'm yeah. like, the whole school knew. I don't know if you got in trouble, but like. So he's ew. a freshman too? Yeah. And he did this in seventh grade and in eighth grade too. This Mikhail is a said. new market. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Shh. <laughs> but I hope, I mean, I don't know what, obviously there's something going on there. Um, yeah. So, but. And especially if they show in the private parts, it's usually a something yeah. to do with that type. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, Anywho, the sad elephant. I, I told that to, to Mikhail some, too. This, this and he, he got the biggest kick out of it. <laughs> That wants to see that thing. So he, as I said, Hugh Hefner was living his best life with his sad elephant trunk. He's got to still stand tall, though. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's what Viagra's for. A <laughs> uh, couple of pops and um, help. Polly has talked about he liked baby oil instead of like lube. Okay. Oh, that burns. Well, baby oil, I guess, would give the girls like infections because it's not sanitary no it's not but he she said that she would try to like switch it out and he would yeah. always put the baby oil back oh my god what he just he was problem he was stuck in his ways he would eat the same meal every day like if they went out to a restaurant he'd have them bring his meal yeah that he would eat and have the restaurant cook it Oh my word! So, like, say it was a Thursday, and he right, liked right, right, right. lamb chops he and brings peas, the restaurant, and canned peas, oh my and stuff like that. Like, he was stuck in his way. Simple guy. Where did he actually? Illinois, Illinois, mm -hmm. Chicago. What kind of upbringing? Um, just moderate, medi moderate. Medi but he was just. I don't think the whole food and the way he lived, the routine didn't that. start till he was older. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we need routines. When it's we're like old. or that, or it's just like he thought this is how I got my life to be this way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to change anything, just in case. Just just the people I sleep with. Yeah, which is great. And like the people he slept with, but too. It's still, it's still he, categorized. So like Holly was the main girlfriend, right? She can't sleep with anybody, but I'm gonna sleep with every girl that comes into yep. my bedroom. Yep. It is insane. It is insane. And they aren't to be, they, they have a curfew. Curfew, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. They can't go out with any other guy. 
it's it's a quiet. lot of them do because there's a lot of them in there. Can't keep driving over, Brody. And like, if a girl didn't want to go up to the bedroom for the night, she'd be chastised. He would he would mem- remember their period schedules. Mm-hmm. So if he, she said she was on his period, she would he would let it go for a little while and be like, no, no, no. He, I think he would write it down. She oh said, my "God, yeah, yeah, oh yeah." That's a controlling oh. man. Mm-hmm. So. One of the clubs he would go to was the Garden Eden. And this was kind of the place you would want to go if you wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See people, be seen. And this is where he met the Bentley twins, as I said. And he had a thing for twins. Of course he did. Ugh. One upper, one lower. Once, <laughs> <laughs> once half met the twins, he invited them to move in, become girlfriends. So was there a threesome or just one-on-one? Oh, no, they... It was more than a threesome. There were orgies all the time. Oh my god! <laughs> so club nights, if they if it was bedroom night, everybody that would go up together. Okay. And it would be, oh, this is gross, but the same seven nineteen seventies porn would he'd put it on. He had like a porn channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put on the. Lube. I could. I my stomach would be turning if my daily life was filled like that. It was on daily. That was thing. And Holly had talked about. When they were filming the TV show Girls Next Door, mm-hmm. everything changed and they weren't doing that anymore because it was just the three of them. Right. They weren't going to clubs because they were filming and right. Right. it was a Too whole different. Busy. She said, actually, things got better right. when they were filming, but he was very abusive yeah. verbally to Holly, especially. He would put her down a lot. Yeah, because he wasn't there at his beck and call. No. So Sandy and Mandy Bentley quickly became celebrities. Of course. Beautiful. on his arm. Yeah. Sandy and Mandy were only 22 when they met the 70-something 70. Hugh Hefner. 71, I think you said. Mm-hmm. That's so gross. Yep. It's like my dad and me. That's no. Nice. No, older. No, I was going to say. That's yeah. disgusting. That's like you and my dad. That's disgusting. <laughs> no. Ugh. It would be like Hunter and my dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there were a lot of perks to living at the mansion being Hef's girlfriend. Of course. You get an allowance of around 1000 a week. And in the 1980s? This, this was 2003. Three. Yeah. That's still a good, that's mm-hmm. a good amount of money. Then. And if you there was an event coming up that you were to be seen at, you could get more money. Yeah, extra for the dress and the prettiness. Mm -hmm. You get a place to live. Yep, a possibility of being in the magazine and getting to meet celebrities. Yep, but and then everything is free. You're living there for free. Mm -hmm. Well, kind of. Yeah. Well. hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's not like I said. The good comes the bad. In this case, rules. Obviously, physical relationship with him, and he could have, as we said, as many girlfriends as he wanted. He expected the girls to be faithful, though. Strict curfew, home by 9 p.m. If they were not with half. So if they were at a club, they could be out later. Yeah, as long as daddy was there, we were all set. It wasn't long before half. He he called himself daddy, too. Mm -hmm. That is so sick. It is. (laughs) It would be more like grandpa. Would you tell him that, grandpa? Holly would say, like, what daddy wants. He would say, what daddy wants, daddy gets. Stuff like that. She said it was so gross. I want to talk to his mother. She's dead. He's I dead. Know. I know, but still. <laughs> so the girls went, got in the magazine. Uh-huh. And doing this skyrocketed their fame and men's interest in them. Of course. Right? Uh-huh. In the summer of 1999, while in Vegas, Sandy Bentley met a young man by the name of Mark Yagala. Yep. Mark was, by all accounts, very successful. He has a fleet of cars, million-dollar homes, and even a racehorse. 
And let me tell you, he's not that no, good looking. He was, the guy no. is ugly and short. Short, balding. Ugly. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. All right. Sorry, people. No, yeah. But he would definitely was. He was not visually, conventionally handsome. Thank you. Yeah. Visually challenging. I would not date him. No. And I have a, a bearded husband. <laughs> um, in high school, Mark, a self-proclaimed nerd, made $100,000 trading stocks. Uh-huh. Shortly, he made millions. This is in high a, school. Right. Yeah. So he is a smart guy. Yeah. He but made millions he in a that? hedge fund. Really? Mm-hmm. Quote. As I was making money, it started with prostitutes, sometimes three to four different girls a day, end quote. Mark said it was a way to fill the void from his loneliness, and he was compensating for it with sex. So the old adage, um, sex addict, if you will. Really? That's what he says. Prostitutes. No, he probably thinks he is. No. They all they all think they are. Until Mark met Sandy. They had to keep their relationship a secret, though. Because she's not supposed to be dating anybody. Yep. We're going to dip in the pot twice now, aren't we? Mark would say that Sandy was his ultimate trophy. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. But she was using him for his money, so they were using each other. Yeah. Quickly, yeah. Mark and Sandy were, quote unquote, head over heels for each other. I think that they were both trophies for each other, though. Yeah, but he's no trophy. He's just a money. millionaire. Well, I know, just money. Neither is Hugh Hefner. Yeah, well, let's see what happens now. Yeah. <laughs> Mark had this beautiful woman in his arm and Sandy, someone he could parade around, keep his loneliness at bay, and spend money on. Also, being able to say he stole a girl from Hugh Hefner was a thing all in itself. Oh, my God. And he loved These it. These fucking guys, right? I'm telling you. Pissing contest. <laughs> For Sandy, though, I think Mark was an escape from the mansion, someone to spend more money on her, and being the main and only girlfriend, I'm sure, made her feel good. Deprive children when they're younger, they're going to look for it when they're older. Another little tidbit I found was that a necklace and earring set that Mark had bought Sandy, um, mm-hmm. she wore during an interview while Ooh. she was sitting next to Hugh Huff. <gasps> Mm-hmm. And he just embellished. Oh, that, I'm sure he loved he? it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look at that. I am screwing this, your girl. This wasn't in the, the episode, but yeah, I found it when I was doing my research. Wow. She was wearing um, earrings and necklace during a, the early show right, interview right. with Kef. And they're not even supposed to take gifts. Nope. Never mind. What else did she get? Right. In curtain number two. <laughs> Hef had no idea about Sandy's own life in Vegas with Mark mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is he not going to know? He well, knows way too many people for them not to be seen. Right. Mark bought Sandy jewelry, furs, and even a house. Mm-hmm. All of this would soon come crashing down around Sandy because it wouldn't last forever. Mm-mm. You her, know why? Her uh, double life was quickly coming to an end. According and she's not aging out at this point either. No, so no, she's only ahead. in her 20s. Yeah. According to Holly Madison, if anyone had been caught cheating on half, their stuff would be packed up and put outside the back gate. How sad. After he says he sits there and he's He's a control a freak. Burr. Yeah. Try double. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. After half found out about Sandy cheating on him, he was hurt, angry, and humiliated. So in the fall of 2000, the Bentley King twins were kicked out of the Playboy Mansion. So why both? Because they were, I don't know. They came in as a pair. Uh, maybe, they yeah. leave as a pair. Yeah. And Sandy was no longer affiliated with Playboy at all. No more mm. parties, no more visits, no more jobs. Just hit a stone wall, didn't Pretty you? much, yeah. When you screw over Playboy, you kind of get blacklisted. Well, you think, because he controls quite a bit. Yeah. Well, well you, think, you think he would, but yeah. he doesn't. He no. rented the house. Yeah, I know. From Playboy, which is insane. He had to pay for each room. Yes. 
Yes. He still owned the corporation, though. It was public. It was public. Mm-hmm. So he had to ask permission for stuff. Right. Yeah. Because right. it's still. He was the board, editor. But board of directors yeah. type deal. Once Sandy and Hef's relationship was over, Mark had her all to himself. He continued to shower her with gifts. He even got her a 250K replica of the jewels from the movie Pretty Woman. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Of course I've I never, have. I've never seen it. It's cute. Is it? But it's do you know the prostitute. You know I, that. Yeah. No, I know that. But you know the when he, she, he mm-hmm. lifts up the thing mm-hmm. and it slams it down. That's the necklace there. he got her. Yeah. yeah. That's what I figured. Not long after Sandy was kicked out and moved to Vegas, the facade around Mark Ugala started to crumble. Dun, dun, dun. What is he doing wrong? On October 18th, 2000, Mark was arrested for securities fraud. Okay, now we know how he really made all his money. He was mismanaging money from his investors. By mismanaging, I mean he's spending all their money on gifts yeah. for Sandy and living like, his give life. Him a high life. Yep. So now he was addicted to her. And money. Couldn't, yep. couldn't make enough money. So he would steal it from oh, them. Geez. He pled guilty and got five years in prison. So how how much older to her? They're, They're the, the same, same age. age. Yeah. Okay. Not only that, but he was also told he had to repay his investors three thirty million dollars. Oh my! In two thousand. In two thousand. So that's two, like that's a lot. That's like forty five thousand. Forty five million. You mean? I mean forty five. I don't know. Wait a minute. How much was it? Thirty 60, million. Thirty million in two thousand. So once Mark was arrested, Sandy dropped him like a hot potato. Of course. She didn't want to be associated with a criminal. Little did she know that she was heading down the path to be associated with more than that. <laughs> this is where we're going to take a quick play. break and to hear about some wonderful podcasts that you should be listening to. When we get back, we'll get into how Playboy Playmate and Hugh F. Hefner's ex-girlfriend became involved with a double murder. Everybody loves a good ghost story. From the renowned haunting of the Amityville Horror House to the lesser-known curse of the Bassano Vase, legends of the ghostly and macabre have been fascinating and frightening us for centuries. But have you ever wondered if there's any truth behind the lore? Over the last eight years that I've spent as a paranormal researcher, I have constantly asked one important question. Is this a hoax, or could it truly be a haunt? I'm Courtney Hayes, host of the podcast Haunts, where every week I dissect another ghostly legend in an effort to find the truth that lies within. Listen to Haunts for free on your favorite podcasting app and help me to unveil the unknown. Hey everyone, I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And we're the hosts of Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast about murder, cold cases, missing people, and just unnatural Join us every Monday where Shelly tells me gruesome stories that absolutely with me. Yeah, subscribe and listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Sorry. So you're fine. What do you think of the story so far? Um, I think it's crazy. It's I'm wild. just like, it drives me crazy. These, these poor girls, right. you know, they start out innocent and then they just get thrown into the world like that. Yeah. I feel like they were probably a little naive. Uh, I think so. 
I think so. Still at the, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, I watched it. Yeah. But even, you know, listening to her is very naive. Just, just back home, you know, nothing... I mean, they're not, they're not ignorant. Like they're smart girls, but they're a they, little bit naive. This is why I say do not harbor your children in your house. They, this is, I think, when it comes to girls that he get manipulated easily, especially when it comes to the Playboy story. Like Holly mm-hmm. grew up in Alaska mm-hmm. in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like Bridget grew up in Northern California. And uh, it's just he, he know Hugh he, Hefner knew bum- who to prey on. The beautiful and vulnerable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So jumping right back into our story. All right. Sandy was now all alone. She cheated on half and lost all her Playboy contacts. Now she's got no money. Her million take dollar away. boyfriend was in jail. Uh, yeah. And how oh, much so of her stuff is going to go back? Because that was bought for yeah. her by him by stolen money. So and my mom looked it up and it was 54 million. He would have to pay back almost, in today's money. Right. Almost 55 million, which is it was like. Fifty-four million seven hundred and something. So she was all alone, but this didn't last long. Though. She's a beautiful girl. She, she should is. know this. She met Michael Tardio. Michael was a part-time model, okay. motorcycle racer, and was also the doorman at the Garden of Eden. He's a hard-working man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael was a thirty-five-year-old father of two. He so was he handsome. was older, a little bit older than her. Yeah, and close time. to his family. I can't picture her with kids having. Well, I think she has kids now. Does she? Mm-hmm. Huh. Sandy and Michael met at the Garden of Eden, and they hit it off quickly. Unlike her relationships with both Hef and Mark, her relationship with Michael seemed genuine, and they seemed to have a real connection. So yeah. they really so, liked each other. Yeah, yes, yes. They so did. she was trying to put her... Night and shining, shining armor. Go yeah. ahead. She was trying to put her life with Mark and Playboy behind her and start a new one with Michael, mm-hmm. which wouldn't last long, though. Every single... Dime market spent on Sandy was paid for by the money he stole from his investors. <sighs> That's a blow. It's so sad because mm-hmm. she had no idea, but yet she is going to be a victim as well. Yep. In total, it is estimated that Mark spent $7 million on Sandy. That's insane. <sighs> I would stop liquidating everything before right. they came to the house. Once, well, once the government caught on this, they ordered Sandy to give back everything that Mark had given her. Okay, he didn't give me that diamond necklace. He no. did not give me this house. I think they... They might have known. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> Once the government went to Sandy's Vegas home to gather the stuff, she was not there and the door was locked. Oh. Well, they had to get a locksmith to get them in the house. Just break a window. Yeah, it's theirs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Once they got in, they noticed that some of the jewelry and furs that they were there to get were missing. Oh, I lost them. Right. I wore them and I lost them. Once conf- When confronted, Sandy claimed that they were stolen. Okay. All right. The police couldn't prove that Sandy took anything, so they had to let her go. In the case of the missing jewelry and furs went cold. North Hollywood, California, 2002. Okay. One year after the jewelry was supposed to be turned over. Police arrived at the scene of a car fire at 3.40 a.m. A black Ooh. Mercedes SUV in a well-to-do area was engulfed in flames. Mm. Same kind of SUV that mm. we have. Oh, really? Yeah, same one. Well, except for it was black. Huh. The ML? I think so. Like yeah. it looked, I didn't well, even You didn't even notice it? No. I, yeah. I noticed the the car was black, but I Yeah, no, it was it. the same kind of Mercedes. Mercedes. Yep. I was gonna say not like my car. <laughs> <laughs> there were two bodies in the passenger seat of the car. Both victims were shot in the back of the head, execution style. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The two victims were Michael Tardio and Christopher Monson. 
Christopher and Michael were very good friends. Yep. They rode motorcycles together. And Christopher was clo- was from a close-knit family. And by all who knew him said he was a good guy. Both men were respected and well-loved by all who knew him. No idea who would want either of these men dead. Mm-hmm. Going through the car, they could f- not find any evidence, no fingerprints or DNA. And there wasn't any sh- uh, shells I don't know. They didn't the say anything. After the men were identified... The detectives went over to the garden even to talk to Michael's co-workers. Mm-hmm. See what the hell's going on. Yeah. While they were interviewing people, Sandy Bentley walked in. Okay. And she told them that she was Michael's girlfriend. Yep. Sandy tells detectives she had last seen Michael the night before and that Michael was went somewhere in Hollywood with Christopher Monson. Yep. Sandy told police that Michael gave her a number to call if something bad happened. She gave the police the, that number and claimed that's all she knew. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows more. Go uh-huh. ahead. Go the ahead. number that Sandy gave the police led them to Michael Jacobs. Okay. On September 27th, 2002, the police got Michael Jacobs' phone records, and that gave them their first clue. That it was him that called? or Michael Jacobs and Michael Tardio had been in contact and were in contact the night of the murders. So how do they know each other to begin with? Well, that's it. Okay, go ahead. Finding this out, they brought Michael Jacobs in for an interview. I'm just going to call him Jacobs. Okay, that's fine. It's confusing. Yes. Jacob says that he knows Michael and Christopher, but he has no idea what could have happened to them. <sighs> they told him that his phone was pinged at the location of the murder, and his excuse was that the phone company was wrong. Oh, my word. Of course, they're always wrong. Since and the phone data being used was so new, they couldn't hold him up on that alone. It was so new? Oh, Like, yeah. the pinging? Yeah, 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 it's just like DNA when that first came out. People were like, eh, I don't think so. So, my opinion... Is, he shot him. They were going to sell the yeah. diamonds to him. Well, I think he knows or... Right. He's not saying He anything. was participating in it. Right. Set him Allegedly. Up. On September 23rd, they interviewed a co-worker of Michael's, and they told the detectives that in 2001, Michael and Christopher drove to, to Vegas to collect jewelry and furs worth half a million dollars from Stanley Bentley before the government went to get them from her. Do, do, do. Once they got yes. them, they headed back to California. No, why don't you tell them how they got them? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Once they heard the story, the detectives went to talk to Sandy Bentley again around 2003, a year after the murders. Yep. She once again denied knowing anything about the jewelry and the murder. Just I'm sorry. freaking tell them. That's what I mean. And now we got a murder and you just say, hey, I got information like you can't hold it against me though, so I want a contract. <laughs> it's just insane. Like your significant other, who you actually loved, loved obviously got murdered, and you're not I'm not. Yeah, not gonna do anything. Yeah, that's bull. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that poor the poor kids. Yeah. His kids. Never mind the other guy. Come on. The detectives believe she knew more, mm-hmm. and that the jewels could possibly be either in her house or her sister Mandy's house. Mm-hmm. So they issued a search warrant on both houses. And nothing. The FBI and IRS were also there along with the detectives. Mm-hmm. And I think that scared Sandy. Yeah, yeah, because now she never really brought it above regular, uh, yeah. above, above town police. Yeah. Now we got federal involved. It became clear to the detectives that Mandy didn't know anything, so she was like, oh. Yeah. The detectives explained to Sandy that the murder trumped tax evasion. evasion. That's what so, I'm saying. Yeah, so if she would, they would Just help so her out with the tax stuff well, if she... Talk to them I'd, I'd about ask the murder. for a, um, what do they call that? In writing? Plea deal? Plea deal. Not a plea deal because it's not a plea Exoneration. deal. Exoneration? Yes. Yeah. 
from any wrongdoing if I give you. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. yeah. She finally gave up the goods. She told them that she and Michael took the jewels and furs out of her Vegas house, threw yeah. them over the backyard fence. Yeah. Where Chris Monson was there to grab them and put them in the rented SUV. Okay, so that's where, oh, okay. Chris is the one who passed away with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, His go ahead. Bed, like best friends. Yes. After they had cleared out everything, they got into the SUV and headed to California. Sandy said she felt like she had to do this because she was going to be broke. Everything she had was given to her by Mark. And once that was all taken away, she would be homeless and penniless. Mm-hmm. So after, she just wants a little mistake yeah. for herself. After they got to California and things settled down, Michael went to Beverly Hills to try to sell the jewelry. He gave them a story that someone had died and given it to all him to that or something like that. The, you know, it shows the mm-hmm. ignorance of her or the him, naive. I think him. Because, or even him, yeah. but I'm sure it was a grief, de- uh, grief, <laughs> a group decision. Yeah. But those jewels were... Different. It wasn't like they were coming off an assembly line. Exactly. Like you go to Tiffany's on a high end, they're gonna have, they're gonna have a question. paper yeah. that says these are stolen. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. look out for these. Yeah. I don't think that it got to that, but he, the the amount of jewels and the money that they were actually worth and what he was asking were too too far. Apart. Where it looked like there might have been sto- you know what I mean? Like right. the buyer was like, mm, this is right. too good to be true. So right. I was up with that. Right. Right. So you don't put it down too low. And that's what happened. The yeah. buyer's like, mm, nah. So I mean that they were very naive. They yeah, were. They weren't ignorant. They weren't criminals. No. They didn't know what they're no. doing. That's what really stinks is that criminals never get caught. The, Honest people do when they were when they're put trying, in shitty yeah. situations. Michael had been going to the club where he worked looking for a potential buyer. In doing so, this is where Michael met Jacobs. Yep. Jacob tells Michael he knows a buyer and he would set it all up. Okay. Sandy told the detectives that the buyer was only known to them as Mr. Big. Yep. Like from Sex in the City. Um, Isn't that what people he was call called? Them, people call yeah, I think so. Big. Mr. Big. Yeah. People call themselves stupid names. Right. I'm sorry, but, but it just it feels made up. Mr. Big. It, yeah, it, it does, feels like Jacobs made that up. You think it was him? Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. I allegedly think it was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael, but he backed. He backed. I mean, he backpedaled through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Michael had Jacob set it all up, and when the day came that the buy was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. Michael rented a black Mercedes SUV to yep. seem more well off. Right. He also went and got a money counting machine. Okay. So that's how I naive he was. Yeah. He was going to get so much money he needed to count the money the min- counter. Oh my god. He also oh, had all so the jewels sad. and furs cleaned and boxed up nice and neat. Yeah. Sandy and Michael stayed in contact most of the night up until he was driving through the Hollywood Hills around 11.30 p.m. And all her stuff is gone now. Mm -hmm. She couldn't even. Not all her stuff and her boyfriend. I know. Well, that's the sad part is like she was doing this for him. Or for herself. Exactly. Yeah. He was doing this for for her. her. Sorry. The next break in the case was that a woman at the jewelry store, Michael, went to get the appraisal, remembered seeing the slip. Although she wasn't involved in it, she still remembered it because Mm -hmm. it was odd. Mm -hmm. A month or so after the murders, a man came in with that same slip who was not him. Okay. I have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Cameras. Right. Where are the cameras? We're talking 2002. They weren't really. They were coming. It was a jewelry store. True. Right. So no cameras? No cameras. Oh, my word. So this was just a dead end. (sighs) Jacobs was brought in for more. Not even on the street? 
That's what I mean. This is Beverly Hills. I was going to say. A jewelry store. Every other corner. Come on. You have cameras on. You have cameras everywhere. <coughs> right. Jacobson's brought in for more questioning, but clams up right before he comes fully clean about who Mr. Big is. So. He's Mr. Big. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It seemed, though, that Jacobs was more afraid of Mr. Big than the police, or he was more afraid of going to jail. Uh, I think so. Or maybe there was no actually Mr. Biggs, and Jacobs was the person that... That did it. Mm-hmm. So... Whoever shot Michael and Christopher was let into the back seat to look at the jewels yep. and furs. So, Jacobs, who Michael knew, knew him. Yep. And he was the middleman. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yep. He then... Whoever it was shot both the men in the back of the head. Put The men were put into the passenger seat and the, the SUV was driven to where it was found. Dose of okay. gasoline and lit on fire. So they were shot somewhere else. And the guy drove him there? Yeah, that's gross, right? That is gross. How the hell do you move that body over the seat? Just push it. A, a dead body? I know. Sure the guy was pretty heavy, too. Yeah. So this is where the police left. were left in 2003. That was it. That's they just it? they just took uh, Jacob's words for it, I guess. And that's it. Yeah. There. Are you kidding? Mm-mm. It is now twenty twenty four, and yep. there's still no leads in this case. That's ridiculous. That is a solvable case. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The jewels and furs are gone, most likely broken apart and changed around, so there's no memory of what they were before. Michael was doing a favor for his girlfriend, and Christopher was doing a favor for his friend. That's so sad. This is why I don't. Do favors. <laughs> it's that's so sad. Though. Say that I, I told Whitney to help well, you her. Just don't today. Do, you just don't do that. No, I mean you just don't it, rob. Steal. These men were murdered because people are greedy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. If the jewels and furs had been turned over in the first place, this would never have happened. If Sandy uh, came forward with information the- right away, they'd be closer to solving it. Yeah, I am shocked that it's not solvable. Mm-hmm. So if instead of a year. After, yeah, if she would have came forward with all the information, they could have gone forward. Yeah, complete. Yeah, instead of being a year behind, they could be a couple of days. They could have gone undercover. Yeah. This is actually they opened it. They reopened the case. Did they? Mm-hmm. If anyone has any information, it, uh, they said to contact the LAPD. Mm-hmm. They're offering a seventy-five thousand dollars reward for any information leading to a conviction. Wow, I can yeah. come up with some answers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our case. What did you think? Um, I found it that I, I kept watching it and I was, it's yeah, frustrating, frustrating all the way around Yeah, between the controlling men, the naive girls and the nice boyfriend. It, it the nice friend. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It is. And as ignorant as what Sandy and Mandy were, um, it is. I feel sad. Michael was just as naive. Yes. Yes. And I think they pulled the strings, not. Not uh, her boyfriend, but yeah. the other controlling men that are in her life. Mm-hmm. And that Mark guy that yeah. was in jail loves talking about it. Yeah. And is he, he still in jail? Yes. He might I be. think so. He might be out now. Yeah, he had to be out now. Ocala? Yark, uh, Yakala. Mark y- Yagala, sorry. Yagala. Yeah. So while you're looking that up, I will. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next time for season two, episode two of the Playboy Murders. Like, subscribe, and follow us on all listening platforms. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, the McCaw Family Podcast on Facebook and TikTok, McCaw Family on Instagram, and email us at McCaw Family Pod at gmail.com. Also, go and check out other 
about <laughs> go check out the podcast you heard on the ad break and show them some love we all work hard and following and rating is so easy so please do that when you can and as always stay spooky is he in jail uh, i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking you got stories some of the little my family trades out. and invests in the markets full time for his personal account and writes about them for the what whatsapp stock trading group so he is out he is out of jail promoting is he has he gotten any better looking no Mom, well, he's old. It's probably my age. No, you're right. <laughs> so probably not. So that is our case. And we will see you uh, next week with a season two, episode two. Bye. Bye. Hello, my spooky friends. This is your host, John, from Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. Ah, this is actually John. Uh, I hope my spooky voice scared you. And in this podcast, we're going to have creepy guests and spooky tales and mysterious sightings of cryptids, UFOs, ghosts, and everything paranormal. So tune in if you dare to be scared. Welcome to a world of love, friendship, laughter, and everything in between. Get ready for the Couple of Couples podcast, the ultimate podcast about life hosted by a fantastic foursome. We've got not one, but two couples ready to discuss a wide variety of topics, interests, and current events. Join us as we take you on an often hilarious and rarely heartfelt journey through the ups and downs of life. Regardless of your walk of life, there's something for everyone on this podcast. Meet Daryl, Drips, Johnny, and Drips. Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm a professional nerd, avid gamer, and the self-proclaimed podfather. I'm Drips, also known as D-Rips, and also not the most articulate. <laughs> I'm Drops. Listen in to find out if I am being held against my will. And I'm Johnny. I'm willing to do and try most things, and I'm willing to say, well, anything. Each episode, these four fabulous friends will tackle topics like forming friendships, weird science, delta gummies, origin stories, ear-biting lorikeets, juicy man booties, conspiracies, aliens, ghosts, pop culture, TV, music, and more. And the best part? That was only the first nine episodes. Let us take you on a journey through the highs and lows of what it means to be alive with witty banter, non-expert advice, and hilarious stories that'll have you in stitches. If you're looking for the next great podcast, then grab your phone, tablet, or laptop and subscribe to the Couple of Couples podcast on your favorite platform today. It's free, and it's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Don't miss out on the laughs, the love, the occasional, did they really just say that? moment, and some jaw-dropping surprises you won't want to miss. And speaking of love, let's spread it like confetti. Like, follow, and share our podcast on social media. And don't forget to visit our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com to find links to our show on your favorite platform, links to our social media accounts, contact us, or listen to the latest episodes directly from our website. Join us on this roller coaster ride as we dip, dive, twist, and turn through everything that the universe throws our way. And don't forget to check out our merchandise store, which can be accessed through our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com, featuring custom designs based on our sound bites from your favorite episodes. 
shirts, hoodies, mugs, tote bags, and more. Couple of Couples Podcast. Because when it comes to love and laughter, four heads are better than one. But a dose of laughter, love, and a little bit of craziness? Subscribe now and be part of our fantastic podcast family. Subscribe, like, follow, and share. Let's make love and laughter go viral.